Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby. And this is Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Well, um, this afternoon we were joined by Rick Riley, the fantastic uh, sports writer of Sports Illustrated fame many years ago and the author of a brilliant book on Donald Trump called Commander in Cheat. It's uh, Donald and the World of Golf. So we, we gave him the chance to say goodbye, didn't we? We did arguably not balanced, but no, you know that's. No, no. I mean, he wrote the book. He had very strong views. He did, and, and we I agree just with them entirely. And I don't care who knows it. We let him go. Um, we also spoke to Barry Flatman, tennis journalist, and indeed Mrs. Rushton joined us to give us an insight of what it's like for the tennis players in Melbourne uh, when they're in quarantine. Yeah, my wife has a lot of experience with that, and she gave some. Very interesting predictions about the uh, Australian Open as well. Yes, she did. She did. And some top tips football-wise if you want to earn a few quid on the betting, possibly. And uh, Verity Crawley joined us, Britain's only female pro 10-pin bowler. Uh, But uh, she has been uh, sent home from the States and she told us why. She did. And I asked some quite naive bowling questions, but I think I got away with it. (laughs) Just about. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Uh, good afternoon, Paul, mm. and uh, good afternoon, everyone. Yeah, I've got some good news for Newcastle fans. There's not a lot of it about no, it, is there? You've, you've had to troll for that, have you? Well, I don't know if you saw this yesterday, but um, uh, some news, some science news, that uh, four billion years from now, our galaxy, the Milky Way, will collide with uh, outlarged spiralled neighbour Andromeda galaxy. Wow. And so that's going to happen. I in like an Andromeda galaxy. <laughs> it's the one with the toffee in, isn't it? Really? It's nice. No, it's it's just a special nice. edition. They don't do them very often. <laughs> but to be fair, what that yeah. does mean is it doesn't really matter if Steve Bruce mm. remains or if you get a new manager and you play equally defensively. Um, it, it'll be OK because in four billion years, Andromeda will crash into the Milky Way. Yeah. And uh, I, I looked at it yesterday. They showed a graph and it it does look like there's contact. I don't know if there's enough for Way to go down like like Way does, but I I think it does look like a foul to me. Certainly, I think uh, Mike Ashley will still be the owner, having had another bid <laughs> rejected it'll by be, the Premier be, League. Just a head floating around on the yeah, space station. I think it will be. It'll yeah. still be there in, in in spirit. I would think. Uh, I'll bring you news of Cambridge. I've saved this oh, for good. you, Max. Oh, thanks um, very much. This, do you know the kind of crackpot surveys that, that companies do for a bit of publicity? Oh, yeah. some really good ones. Um, this is, I mean, I'm actually going to mention them because this is ridiculous. Saveonenergy.com. I've got okay. no skin in the game. I'd read it out, but you'll realise why in a moment. Okay. They say uh, Cambridge is the best city in the UK to survive a zombie apocalypse. Yes, that's absolutely right. 
And based on what, is it all those kind of little corridors? I mean, can you get away from a zombie on a bike? Is that <laughs> what it the, is? That's the whole point. That a, yeah. a lot of the bikes in Cambridge have, if you can, if you, what they have is a quick release spoke. Oh, okay. Which becomes a kind of, you know, a stake. Is that zombies or is that, uh, is that... That's um, vampires. Vampires. Yeah, you're not oh, up damn. on this sort of thing, are you? Oh, okay, that almost worked. I, I would go into why they say this, but I, I can't be bothered. Okay. But uh, anyway, Cambridge, that's a place to go. Apparently, it's something to do with lots of uh, farmland and wind farms, and you can maintain... Uh, it doesn't matter. I can't, I'll be honest, I've lost interest. I just want it, because it's Cambridge, although I'd mention... No, thanks very much. Well, it's good to know. I, have, you know. I mean, I can't go back now, for obvious reasons, but no. if there is a zombie apocalypse, I'll go straight back that's to mum and dad yeah. and <laughs> say, look, I'm ready. <laughs> Take you on. We could do Shaun of the Dead too. You can. Um, here's some important news. Uh, an ancient sea beast with a circular mouth full of serrated teeth, yeah. the body of a squid, and eyes wow. with over 28,000 lenses triggered life as we know it today. Wow. They were such effective predators. Uh, they forced prey <clears throat> species to evolve more rapidly. So we have all evolved because of the ancient sea beast with a circular mouth full of serrated teeth, the body of a squid, and the eyes of over 28,000 lenses. You could really? let us know which... Talk sport presenter has evolved the least <laughs> from, from the that's... ancient sea beast, if you like. It's I don't mean we would take them you. straight to air with those. Oh, no, no, Did you, do you watch the game last night? Do you know what I've done now? Yeah. Because there's so much football yeah. that I think you have to be really careful. Mm. And if you ever get the chance to go to bed for the late kickoff, yeah. you go. So once Arsenal made it 2 0. That was oh, me. Yeah. I was like, right, yeah. I'm in I bed. Once Arsenal made it one nil, I think you could yeah. have safely got in bed. <laughs> it was a great opportunity. To, great opportunity <clears throat> to go to bed, and I did that on Saturday. Yeah. I went by game four. I was watching Indiana Jones: The Last Crusade. What was the Sunday game? City. Half City. time. I said, right, by well, two nil. I think it ceased to become a contest. Yes, I think you've got to really. It's a bit like, you know, on the weakest link when they say bank. Yeah. So I don't know why that analogy immediately came to mind. <laughs> Very sort of early two thousands mm. analogy. You've just got to take advantage because there's yeah. so many games. You don't want to miss the good sure. ones. So, yeah, so yeah. I watched. I did watch it until I thought half time they could have all just said this is an absolute shower. But look, fair play to Arsenal, they did. But I, I thought I liked Steve Bruce going. I'm going four four two. I'm I'm doing it the way I, what I want, which is essentially 1992. Yeah. You imagine he was going to say steak and chips half an hour before the game. No Game Boys on the <laughs> coach. No Sony Walkmans. Uh, but it didn't quite. Well, I mean, Joel Linton's not really a left winger, is no, he? No, not not particularly. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the. It was quite a bizarre um, report of the game in the Sun. It kicks off heroic. Uh, heroic Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang battled through the pain barrier to fire the gunners to the top oh, half of the table. Oh, for me, he picked up a knock. I mean, mm -hmm. he obviously had an issue before. Um, it says he was subbed on the 79th minute and vanished straight down the tunnel before uh, re-emerging to the bench. Uh, and Mikel Arteta confirmed it was just a stomach issue, that's all. I mean, you know... Basically, he had the trots. He's yeah. not Bert Troutman. It's a, it's, a very, it's a very old way to write a report. What a heroic. Oh, God, yeah, did he... Was he rubbing his neck when he went and got his medal because it was well, broken? No, he needed listen, to go uh, to the uh, toilet. As, as, you... as many people have said, Paul, you know, I'm not uh, uh, I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a doctor. Yeah. What's worse, a broken neck or the trots? You know, we need we need a scientist yeah. to, 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 to tell us for sure. But it does seem odd, doesn't it? I was thinking he's obviously got a bad knock, but he, you know, he needed to go to the loo. I, at least he had the decency to leave the field, absolutely. Gary Lineker. Yeah. Not I, all players do. I have never broken my neck, right, okay. Paul, uh, but I have needed to go. Yeah. During a game? During a game. It is... And it's harder at sort of Sunday level because sometimes the... I mean, certainly well, you play Saturday afternoons so and mm. there's probably a nice warm clubhouse and toilets. Well, but on a Sunday, when they've locked the dressing room so they don't get robbed while you're playing, you don't know what to do. Well, do if, you? you're on pit, if you're on pitch one, it's okay. Yeah. If you're on pitch five... 
you've yeah. got to go behind the sight screen, yeah, but, basically. But what I'm saying is it's actually, to be fair to, to Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang, yeah. if you need to go, you can't concentrate no. on the game. No, of course can't not. Play. And his work was done, wasn't it, at that yeah, point? absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so he obviously felt he could disappear maybe, in there with a copy it, of the Daily Star maybe for it triggers, Maybe that's the trigger. If he scores a goal, it just yeah. sort of, it frees him up. But he probably thought, I really need to go, but I'll, 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 I'll luxuriate <laughs> once I've got so I've got another goal. Maybe that's why he had all that space. But, you know, that's why Kraft gave him a wide berth. Could anyway, be. So. Yeah, it could be that. Just I don't very want to bring poor, this show into the gutter. Very poor marking. Yeah. Anyway, but I don't know how heroic that was. You know, search for the hero inside yourself. I need to go to the toilet. I mean, that's what I read into it. I could be wrong. Uh, it might be very serious uh, issues, but I don't might know. Have, I'm guessing, have IBS. I'm we guess, don't know, do we? I'm, I'm guessing not. It's uh, Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton here on TalkSport. Want to hear from you if you're a bad loser. Yes, I'll tell you who's a bad loser. Mm-hmm. Um, Harry Kill. Uh, he was talking about it the other day in the world of football management, of course. He said, uh, first and foremost, the players have got to know that I love competition. You need to ask my family about the competition. I don't like losing anything. Dominoes, snap, backgammon, monopoly, chess. You name it, I want to win. <laughs> Says uh, says Harry Kuehl. It's a day off, Harry. Yeah. So, so I was just wondering whether um, you've encountered some some spectacular cases of being a very bad loser. Maybe you know you can find it within yourself to say you know that was me. I'm a terribly bad loser, and this is why. Also, Max, you, you wanted to develop this, and you've it's it's you've got a few people yes, involved. I, I might have done this before, but you know, have you ever played? a sports star at something that isn't their main sport okay. and did you win and and you know were they a bad loser you know, i've got a few of these one on the on just the bad loser one jason says my aunt's want my aunt once threw all the cards from a game of happy family into an open fire because my dad was beating her <laughs> that's great isn't it that's really that's good. the end of the game um uh, yes uh, uh razor says i beat george foreman in a game of backgammon i have no proof of no that okay one. that's just that's Never uh, leave that one. random pastime and famous sporting person <laughs> We can all do that, can't we? We can get some dice to do that, couldn't we? Reese says, school rugby match. I scored a try. The ref came running to catch up with play. The defending team slid a couple of hands under the ball after it was grounded. The ref, their teacher, said it was held up. I took my shirt off, my boots off, my socks off. I threw my gum shield. That was me done with rugby. Wow. <laughs> that is it. So let us know, uh, bad losers, if it was you or someone else, and uh, as we said, playing uh, the stars at other sports. We've got news of Phil the Power Taylor later, so stay tuned for that. The Hawksby and Jacobs daily podcast from TalkSport. Now you'll be aware of the brouhaha, a phrase you barely get a chance to use on national radio, around the Australian Open tennis uh, 72 players confined at their hotel rooms in uh, Melbourne. We've got uh, Novak Djokovic, who obviously has got some tournament or party he'd rather be at, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> complaining about the, the facilities and the food and uh, everything else, but not getting a great deal of sympathy. Uh, we've got players, you know, hitting the ball against their mattresses. Yeah, just the to Watson try and keep... is doing uh, squats with an armchair. That's currently. right. Just, just trying to keep in shape. But mm. um, because, yeah, they, they're having a, a 14-day uh, quarantine. And so what's that like? We're very fortunate in some ways, although she wasn't at the time, that your wife, is just, who is Australian, has gone in to see her folks and had to go through this process, Max, didn't Absolutely, you? Absolutely, like yeah. a couple of weeks ago. I did some journalism today. Wow. And, uh, I got what was on that the, like? I got on the... It was very interesting, you know, but I, I thought, who who can I ask some really hard-hitting questions to? Yeah. And who would answer my call? And she's <laughs> one of very few people who would. So, yeah, I asked Mrs Rushton, Jamie, uh, the the process of quarantine, what, what it's like. I think it starts from, you know, when you land. And you yeah. can have a listen now if you want. So 
have to stay in your seat in your PPE that you've had on for 24 hours. There's an announcement that comes over the loudspeakers of the aeroplane. It says, this is the Australian government speaking. You will now go through biosecurity and then you'll be taken to a government run facility um, where you will remain for the next 14 days. And then you get off the plane and then you're put on a bus. And I think the bus is where things get a little bit sort of in your brain, a little bit hectic because you spend a lot of time social distancing and then you're put on a bus with no windows open for an hour next to a lot of people. And then when you get to the hotel, you're taken off the bus one at a time and checked in and they take your baggage up to your room and then they come in the room briefly, the military, put you in your room with your bag and then they say, have a nice, have a nice time. How did you cope? And, and what would your advice be to all these tennis players who are now stuck in, in quarantine? Well, I think the thing with tennis players that I would think would be harder than being like a regular human being is that I don't need to exercise. So I think it'd be harder for them because they're used to doing a certain amount of hours of training or something along those lines that there's that is their routine. Did you wash your hair during the two weeks? Yeah. <laughs> Did you wash it yourself? Why are you saying that? Who's not washing their own hair? <laughs> Bernard Tomic's girlfriend said the worst bit of quarantine was she doesn't wash her own hair. Someone does it for her. And, and oh. she's found- You have to wash your own clothes as well in the sink. So oh. you wash your own clothes in the sink and then hang them up in the shower. And your sheets? You do get a sheet change halfway through. Wow. And the food? I had a sausage roll on top of plain rice twice in 14 days. <laughs> yeah. And finally, uh, who who are your favourites for the Australian Open, the men's and the women's titles? Pat Rafter. And? Serena Williams. Okay. Thanks for your time. There we are. We went a bit route one with the music, we I'll did, give you yeah. that. No, no. Uh, and Pat Rafter, we'll ask Barry Flatman whether he thinks Pat's got a chance <laughs> this time. Uh, yeah, Barry Flatman, tennis uh, expert, joins us. Good afternoon, Barry. Good afternoon, Paul. It doesn't sound very... I bet you're pleased you haven't gone this year, Barry, don't you, listening listening to Jamie there? It doesn't sound like a particularly pleasurable experience being marched to your travel lodger in by the military <laughs> and saying, have a nice two weeks. <laughs> Actually, ecstatic is the word I would use... Normally, normally the Australian Open is wonderful. Break to the British winter, three weeks down there, under the sun, lovely. But this year, no, I wouldn't say thank you at all. Um, the, the players have said that they didn't realise, some of them didn't realise that this would happen. Obviously, some of the players can train, you know, five hours a day at Melbourne Park. But if you were on this flight where someone had COVID, you can't. Uh, are the players, is this a failure of communication? Or, or were they told this, they just didn't read the small print? And they were told it and didn't read the small print. Right. It was made abundantly clear what was going to go on. Um, as as you probably know, Max, being married to a, a, an, um, an Australian lady, I don't know, if, is she a Victorian lady? She or is, what? yeah. But yes, Melbourne, yeah. 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 Now, to my mind, Victoria, Melbourne, is probably the most officious place I've ever travelled to in my life. <laughs> I've been to Moscow, I've been to Beijing, I've been... But, but, <laughs> They love a rule in Melbourne, and they love sticking to it. Oh, and yeah. and you can, frankly, you can understand it because uh, the Melburnians 
were put in lockdown for months and months and months to cleanse their state, and it worked. And now the tennis players coming in and whinging about what they're being put through, when they were told it beforehand, uh, there is zero sympathy for them down there. And um, it's a shame because normally the Australian Open was played in a, a lovely spirit the players were glad to be there. The, the, the Australian people were glad to see them. It's a long way to come. But this year, it's, uh, it's very edgy. It, it's bound to skew the tournament, you would think, because if some players who weren't on flights with uh, people that had the virus can have five hours coaching and others are lifting up chairs like Heather Watson or uh, hitting balls against backhands against mattresses, uh, they're not going to be quite as match-ready as, as those that have, that have got on court and also mentally that, that opportunity to get, just to get out of the room for five hours a day. Very true, very true. But but again, I, I, I repeat what I said, they, they were made... Or they were they were told whether they took heed, but they were told before before leaving wherever they left Britain, France, wherever that this was what it was going to be like, and um, consequently, they're they're you know. If you want to say they made their bed, they're having to lie in it. That's the way it puts <laughs> that's it. Lying it for a long that's, time. That's all they've got in <laughs> two weeks. Now, uh, Tomic's girlfriend, she's getting some clogs, isn't she? Vanessa Sierra, oh. which was the call sign the police rejected, I believe. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, yeah she, she's... Uh, uh, this thing about not what, you know... I, Read I have, the room, right? <laughs> I have people, you know... Oh, the humanity. <laughs> There's me in Berlin now. Rather nice room in the Hyatt Regency. I can't wash my own hair. What am I going to do? That doesn't, shame, doesn't help, it? does it, really? I miss, yeah... No, I mean, Bernie Tomic has, has long mastered the art of coming out with stupid statements, but, but his girlfriend has surprised all of that, I have to say. It's <laughs> it such a shame. I mean, she's never washed her hair in her life. Well, what, what poor girl was she having? Yeah. There must have been a time. There must have been a time. Got wet by accident well, at some well, point. She, no, if I read, I read further. She gets someone to do it twice a week. She has it done, right, sort okay. of so professionally. Well, I presume professionally. Yeah, there must have been a could time be a, when could she be one of the bin men. Does it? <laughs> it doesn't have to be it's just somebody <laughs> else. Anybody. She just sticks her head out the window and the hopes someone's passing with a bucket. <laughs> it's possible, isn't it? Um, anyway, it will all start eventually, Barry, won't it? And uh, well, we presume it will, and and then makes it tougher to predict, though, doesn't it? Really, it, yeah, I mean, and there's more to come. We've had this. We've had a couple. We've had a couple of uh, more positive tests a day, haven't we? Uh, a well, couple of Australians, it, you know, yeah. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really kick off until February the eighth. So there's a, quite a few days be, between then and now. And you know, if this if this whinging carries on, and if positive tests mm. carry on, then then Australia, the Australian politicians, the, the um, Scott Morrison, the Aussie PM. They're within their rights to cancel the thing. Yeah. And actually, it's a really important point that, Imagine that. you know, two weeks, are, in, two weeks of this, and then they cancel it's it. It's masked on public transport, but, you know, it, Melbourne is a different place to here now. You know, it's yeah. it's restaurants are open, bars yeah. are open, there's no social distancing. You know, there is. It's, because because they because all the, they, they put in the, the hard months. Sure. They really did yeah. put in the hard months. And for, for a load of uh, interlopers from overseas to come in and, and record that. 
you know, yeah. they're not going to take kindly to it. Yeah, and that must make it hard as well. That point's been made before, hasn't it? It was made about some of the Indian cricketers, and you understand why, but if you're looking out your hotel room window and you're in isolation for two weeks, you watch people going to the pub or going to a restaurant or sure. mixing, and that must make it a lot tougher. But you're right, Barry, uh, it's, you know, it, the reason that they're in that state now is that they close the borders. And actually, there's another there's a couple of things. One is if you, you get tested twice in those 14 days, and if after 10 days you're found positive, well, there's another, two, you know, you could be there for a long time. Yeah. And and also there are Australians who weren't repatriated who are desperately trying to get home. Yeah. Who can't get home because they can't afford the flights. Looking at these tennis players flying in, much as they probably look like, looked at the Indian sure. cricketers flying in, going, "What? How are they getting there before we are?" Yeah. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Mm. Barry, good to talk to you. Cheers, Barry. Uh, thanks very much. Anytime. Cheers. Barry Flatman, there we no doubt catch up with Barry again. And I do take his point about the Victorians like it. I mean, I'm, when we're going to the MCG for a bit of a tour of the MCG, yeah. and uh, they were very officious. They made the kind of Lord staff look quite relaxed, <laughs> the Blazers there. They were very, I mean, at one point I wanted to, I said to Andy, I'll try and get you a baggy green, because I thought they'd sell a kind of replica baggy sure. green in the MCG would like that, shop. Yeah, because yeah. normally, if I, when I went to the Windies, bought him a kind of Windies cap, nice. and they're not quite as precious about it. It's a kind of big sun hat thing with the old, because you, you can't. You can go and buy an England replica cap. You're not going to get one with a number on it, match worn, but <laughs> handed gonna, to you by NASA. Yeah, saying, you're going yeah. to get going to get a rep. Yes, to stand all day in the club <laughs> shop and then do a little speech. But um, yeah, uh, so I go. I say to the guy who's on the tour, you know, before, I, "Is there a shop here?" He said, "Yes, there is." Sir. Yeah. And I said, oh, "Can you buy a replica baggy green?" I, th- I thought he was going to punch me in the face. <laughs> he said, "No, sir, you can't." He said, "The only way you can get baggy green is to play for Australia." Yeah, well, you, you I didn't want an original, mate. I just there was no. No need for that, but Liam, I do take his point. Liam says, sounds like Mrs. Rushton was describing the start of Con Air. And Stephen says, <laughs> yeah. if I was married to Max, I'd be asking for the quarantine to be extended for as long as possible. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Appreciate you, it. Well, you, yeah. well, thank you for doing that for <laughs> us. Oh, it was very good. It was good. Enjoyed it. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.
The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. I've got some uh, interesting news, Paul, oh, for yeah. you. Uh, we, we, well, we spoke to Mrs Rushton, and I don't want her to take over the show, obviously, no. although I wouldn't, you know, I think me and her could do a sort of this morning type. That would be you know, good, on Australian telly. Yeah, why not? That'd, That'd be, be good. Sunrise, yeah. just sitting on the beach would be quite nice. But I interviewed her, so I thought it would be remiss of me. You know that you know, she's a big football fan. Oh, yeah. And she likes to make her some predictions, so I got her to predict a few things. If right, you want okay. to take notes, we were doing odds before. Okay, yeah. Take yeah. some notes. Here, here are. Uh, so this uh, is the kind of uh, Jamie Acker. This is this the is Mrs the, R Acker. This is the Mrs R Acker. And I reckon maybe we'll get Paddy to price it up okay. for us. I reckon if you we get. Can. You might get pretty good odds on this. Here we okay, go. Okay, what's she go. gone for? Here we go. Who do you think is going to win the Premier League? Tottenham. Who's going to win the European Championships? Real Madrid. Uh, who's going to win the Champions League? Barcelona FC. And who's going to be Player of the Year? World Player of the Year. Rooney. Well, there we are. Saw yeah, some pretty we, hot takes. We won't. We won't ring Paddy. No, I think no, they might. They so. may laugh us off. That. I mean, Real Madrid's chances of winning the European Championship is. Well, I mean, it's, a lot can change. Good it's been a strange year, Paul. Yeah, you don't know. Unprecedented. Don't know. I think you'll find. You don't know what's Barcelona happen. FC to uh, to yeah. potentially have <laughs> confusion with their handball team um, to win the to Champions and League to win the league. Eh? So there you are. Yeah. To- well, that see that I liked. Yeah, that yeah I, I, liked. I saw you perk up a little bit. It's part of her. She's got taste. Well, most of the time. Well, arguably. And uh, Rooney. Yes. Uh, yeah, player of the season. Well, get his boots back on. Yeah, who knows? Well, anyway, there we are. Thank you very much uh, to uh, the missus for all of those. Uh, anything else you want to share with the class? Oh, yeah, well, plenty of things. Uh, a woman has set out to find the perfect public loo. Katie Lewis of Guernsey Mm. set up the account at Katie on the loo blimey on Instagram and ranks the best in order the Aubameyang situation (laughs) we're coming back to she said nobody wants to find a dirty bathroom and she's there I was once uh, I was once uh, in a service station and I noticed I used the facilities and I noticed that it had on the wall second place in the service station toilet of the year award and I just wondered you know who hosted that awards ceremony, and yeah. you know what's that like? You know, is that a big? Is that one of the big awards? They have three disappointed toilets. Imagine that and, phone call, yeah. the agent, whoever it was, <laughs> saying it's a service station toilet of the year. Oh mate, come on! I'm, just, I'm not. It's five grand. Well, you know, I yeah. I mean, I, I, I could bet, do, I, I bet, could do it. I'm on with Charlie tomorrow. I bet Charlie's done that. Yeah, oh, this is, that sounds Charlie's like Charlie, done. Please yeah. welcome to the stage. It's service station toilet of the year. Charlie Baker. Just it's easy, Charlie. Come on, do ten minutes to ten, ten minutes of toilet material. Give them the gongs. Clear. You'll be home by twelve o'clock. Fantastic. Yeah, I, this is a good one. And a you get t- a chicken dinner thrown in. <laughs> a teacher uh, felt a twit after accidentally giving pupils offensive homework. You see this story? Oh yes, ins- I, yes, I did. An see instruction it, yeah. sheet sent out to eleven and twelve-year-olds was meant to tell them how to draw an owl, but it told them to draw two circles and then to. Draw the rest of the bleeping owl. Yes, that's really route one. <laughs> there we are. Scott I Wilson. It was written in a red pen. <laughs> Scott Wilson, head of the Holderness Academy in sixth form in Hull, East Yorkshire, apologised, but one dad said it's just lazy. Clearly hadn't been checked. But I quite like that. You know, you've got to learn... You've got to learn the hard way sometimes. If you want to draw an owl, two circles, then just draw the rest of the bleeping owl. Yeah. It's like someone shouting from the terraces, isn't it? Now, Andy Carroll, big Andy Carroll, good yes. feet for a big man. He does, yeah. What size shoes does he wear? I, I'm, I'm in a position to tell you today, and there is a reason for it, but if you were looking at Andy Carroll, what size what size shoes is he wearing? Well, I've, I've done some research on this before. Okay. Not on Andy Carroll, but I know... It's a bit weird. I know, well, I was, interested to, I was interested in the size of players' feet to see if it yeah. was... And Romelu Lukaku's got the big 
biggest feet in right? football. I think they're about a 14, 15, you know, big old. Carnu used to have, didn't he? Yes, Carnu, of course he They did. were about 17s, yeah, yeah. weren't they, or something? That's amazing you can get anywhere. Uh, so how we, big are... We're well, going with Andy Carroll. I'm going for 13. Oh, no, no, they're not that big. They're, they're, they are, you know, you can go and buy shoes in High Street about two. You ain't got to pop in a high and mighty. He can't be he's bigger a, than an 11. He's a size 11. He's an 11. He's okay. a size 11. Okay. And the reason I know this is having him and his missus uh, Billy are having a bit of a sell-off. They've decided to declutter oh, during nice. this lockdown. What can we get? And they're on, uh, is it Depop? Is that, am I pronouncing that right for the kids? I take it it's not the pop. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> the pop. Uh, it sounds like somebody that Newcastle are trying to sign from. Uh, anyway, so, uh, yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, you can buy some uh, shoes of both Billy's and indeed you can buy um, Andy's and Nike off white uh, shoes. 2,000 uh, 2, quid in the shops. Uh, he, he's selling them for £400. Okay. So that's quite the saving. Right, pair of Valentino trainers in good condition. Okay. Um, they retail at 540 and pick them up on the pop for um, 275 So just some of the things uh, you'll be able to pick up uh, if you're interested by going to that website. Wear a little bit of what Andy Carroll wears, but cheaper. And then, oh, nice. I guess that's a great idea. You were telling me a story earlier on of going to, uh, a, a, basically going to a club and trying to get in, and you had some very nice, expensive trainers on. Well, I can't remember why we were discussing it, but yeah, there was one. It's the idea, it's dress codes. I'm yeah. not a big, I don't understand the, the dress code. You know, mm. at a golf course or anywhere, I get very frustrated with a dress code. Yeah. I'm not particularly smart, but I'm not, you know, yeah. The, these clothes are not, they're not tatty. No, they're they? not. No, no. I'm so perfectly reasonably dressed. Mm. And I once. Had to go one of the during the soccer and glory years. I, one of the lads was turning twenty one, and he was having his party in a nightclub in St Albans. And mm. I was in the middle of London, but I thought I better make the effort. Yeah. So I got a train out of town to St Albans, and I got a taxi to this big old. It was like a it was like an old country manor or something. Oh, yeah, it had been yeah. Converted into a really horrible nightclub. It was very <laughs> noisy. I didn't want to go in. I don't like nightclubs. I never have. You know, if you do like them, you've just been a good you. team player. I've just been a team player. I just yeah. wanted to try and fit in. And I got to the front door and they said, sorry, you're in trouble. I don't think they were particularly expensive, but once again, I'm nice not, new not too pair shabby, of just a pair of trainers. They weren't off-white Nikes retailing at 2000 No, they were no Valentino. I mean, they were probably a 40 quid, 40 to 60 quid trainer. Okay, in those and days, they, and they were quite like, a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, six and eight, or whatever probably you used to use, quid I don't know. in the modern money, I know. kids. <laughs> anyway, anyway, the man said, you can't, the bouncer said, you can't come in with those. And I was like, yeah. oh. In, in the middle of a bit of a schoolboy era going to a club though wasn't it I mean have you I mean, yes but no but, but the, you know I, you know, in the middle of town nobody says you can't wear you'd trainers. have a drink you weren't thinking straight they said, I had to I waited outside and someone left and I said I'll give you 20 quid in these trainers for those shoes and I got them and I went in in someone else's shoes and what what were those what were those That's shoes like you know there's that Twitter account of sort of men of a certain age wearing blue jeans and those sort of slip on boots very yeah, okay, yeah, very pointed boots. Those yeah. kind of thing, yeah. Was, did you wear them much after? Did they come no, lucky for no, you, those boots? No, no, they weren't lucky boots. They weren't <laughs> lucky boots inside that club or outside or that club. Outside that club. Yes. Even your level of celebrity didn't... In St, within St Albans as I know. well. well, no, no, out, well out the metropolis where yes, they're, I know. They're, they're much, they're much more <laughs> grateful to see celebrities like yourself. Uh, so they, I'm, not, I don't go, I'm, not, I'm not big in St Albans, I can't help it. Oh, well, what are you going to do? No. So there, I mean, that's what well, if Max Rushton walked up to you and said, "Here, mate, can I have your shoes? You can have my old trainers. I'll give you twenty quid." I mean, how do you, how do you broach that conversation? Is it quite common? And anyway, we'll move on. Look at the time. If you were uh, the other part of that party, do let us know.
Yeah, if, if you've got Max's trainers, and they were lucky trainers uh, for you, you met the wife in them, you won mm, the lottery. Absolutely, yeah. They were the luckiest trainers of all time. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are sworn in tomorrow at their inauguration. President and uh, Vice President, uh, and it's farewell to Donald Trump, of course, as the president. Many uh, presidents have shared uh, a love of golf, and many of them have cheated at it. But I think it's fair to say... The commander in cheat is uh, is the Donald, uh, which is why Rick Riley, our next guest, the final author and journalist, wrote a book called just that, uh, Commander in Cheat: How Golf Explains uh, Trump. A couple of years ago, it's a cracking read. Do recommend it. So we thought it'd be good to get Rick back today to bid farewell. Um, <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, good afternoon, Rick. I mean, I'm so happy you got to put bricks in my pocket. I'm going to fly away. <laughs> I've never been so delighted to see this this Uncle Scam leave. The guy's been cheating since the since the day he was born. Nothing's changed. It's just he became our president somehow, and now finally it's all falling apart. The guy can't even tweet. He got his PGA major taken away from him, which he was always bragging about. Um, he's under. He's going to be um, investigated by six different agencies uh, when he's out. He owes four hundred twenty million dollars to his name. That doesn't even count what he owes to his corporation. And uh, it's just all coming apart for Don the Con. I just love it. The, yeah, you mentioned that they're losing the PGA. I mean, that must have been that must have really been a dagger to the heart, mustn't it? Because you know he he loves his golf so much, uh, and to have lost that uh, must have been a real blow to him. For golf to turn its back on him as well. Well, can you imagine a major with Donald Trump lording over the major? Because when he when he had an LPGA tournament, he would buzz the golf course with his jet. Then he would. Then he would take the helicopter and land, uh, and then he would he would take his super duper turbocharged golf cart and go flying down the fairway during the tournament, right up to the green. You know he loves parking on the greens. And like I don't know, Annika, that looks like a three putt to me. <laughs> all this crap he was doing when he when he uh, when he had the Doral tournament. Remember he bought Doral just so he could have a week uh, on with the PGA Tour players. Uh, he would go down the range and go, uh, uh, Rory looking pretty good, but I don't think you can beat this guy. And then it'd be Dustin Johnson. And then he'd say to Dustin Johnson, Hey, Dustin looking pretty good, but I don't think you can beat this guy. And it would be Justin Thomas. You're like just sell it somewhere else, man. They, they hated seeing that guy coming. Um, for, for those who aren't completely aware, tell us about some of his, uh, how he was sort of less than honest on a golf course. Well, first of all, he says he's a 2.8 handicap, which if he's a 2.8 handicap, the queen is a pole vaulter, okay? <laughs> he's not a 2.8. I've played with the guy. He's about an 11. Then he says he's won 20 club championships, and that's why you should vote for him. And he says, and that's against the best players in the club with no strokes. And what he does is he forgets what he already told me how he did it one day when we were playing, which is he buys a new golf course, plays the first round by himself at that golf course and declares that the club championship. I mean, you guys, <laughs> such a scam artist. Do you realize he won a club championship while he was with the North Korean leader in uh, Singapore? They were holding the club championship there at Mar-a-Lago. And when he got back, he saw the guy who won and said, nah, I would have beat you, and decided he was the champion. 
I mean, to say he cheats is like to say Michael Phelps swims. It's ridiculous. <laughs> well, uh, Rick, we've seen his attitude towards losing, of course, in, in, in recent months. I mean, what about on the golf course? What's he like when, uh, when it doesn't go his way on the golf course? Well, it does always go his way. Right. Because he cheats. Okay. You realize, you realize he buys 500 uh, green, four-inch green tees at a time from this warehouse so that he can give them to his caddies so that when he's in the rough, they tee up his ball. <laughs> so, I mean, how are you supposed to beat a guy like that? He, 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 he picks up every putt within the size of a Winnebago. <laughs> you have to putt yours. He takes more mulligans. The day I played with him, he took seven mulligans. I mean, he took a gimme chip in. Like, he wasn't even on the green. <laughs> and he said, oh, this, this is probably good, right? He picked it up. How? So I could even say, what, what, are you kidding? How, how did you end up playing with him? And when you, when you did have that round, did, did, you, did you like him? Well, I always liked him because he was so full of crap. He was like your drunk uncle <laughs> at Thanksgiving. He'd be like, yeah, I banged Marilyn Monroe, and I punched out Sinatra. And you're like, yeah, Donald, what else you got? Give me more great stuff. <laughs> because it didn't matter. But then suddenly he's the president, and it matters. Yeah. People are dying, and yeah. our country looks like a bunch of idiots. So I did a book called – this book was called Commander in Cheat. Mm. But in 2000, I did a book called Who's Your Caddy? And so I caddied for famous people. And he was by far the most ridiculous chapter because, <laughs> because he, he couldn't be beat. I, I call him vodka because he was 80-proof. He never <laughs> shot worse than 80 because he'd cheat, lie, his caddy would pick it up. One time it goes in the pond, um, and it, it splashes. And by the time we get down there, it's on the fairway. And he said, oh, it must have been the tide. <laughs> the tide. <laughs> you say, and this guy is the president. It's unbelievable, but only for one more day. Uh, what's it? What, what did he make of the book, Rick? I mean, uh, you may have come across him on a golf course somewhere. Uh, now he's sort of, he could well be semi-retired. So, I mean, what did he make of the book? What sort of feedback did you get from him? Well, so I'm friends with one of his best friends, hmm. and apparently he would call as, he's, as my my friend is playing and walking down the fairway. And my friend would put the speaker, uh, put the phone on speaker, hmm. so everybody in the group could hear Trump saying, nobody better talk to that son of a bitch, Riley. Nobody better talk to him for this book because he knew what the book was going to be. Yeah. He cheats with everybody. Mm. Uh, you know, as three, as three different people told me when they caught him cheating, which is easy to do, but only three people confronted him, and he had the same rather funny answer every time he got caught, which is, hey, I cheat on my wife, I cheat on my taxes, you don't think I'm going to cheat on my golf at my own golf course? Like yeah, yeah, we kind of figured that out from the way you handle elections. <laughs> so, uh, and finally, Rick, um, what do we know of? Uh, as you said, there's been a lot of golfing presidents over the years. But what do we know of uh, Joe Biden? Is he is he a golf lover? Are we going to see a similar level of cheating if he is? <laughs> no, I, uh, what I've heard is he's about a twelve. He doesn't get to play much. Uh, he's pretty strict about the rules. Nobody was as strict as Obama. I mean, you couldn't get that guy to give you a pup for anything. But, um, uh, but he's more of a biker. But, but by the way, Trump in four years is going to have played 310 times, which would be second most only to, uh, to Woodrow Wilson, who would play every morning and get back to the office by 930. He would play nine holes. 
Even in the winter, he played with black spray-painted golf balls. But he actually just played around Washington, and he was back every day at work. This guy's cost the American people over $150 million going on his trip. So uh, I, I can't see Biden doing that. No, no way. Good stuff. Thank you, Rick. Good to talk to you again. We, uh, we love the book. Thanks very much. All right, cheers. See you guys. Uh, Commander-in-Chief, it's called. It is a great read. Yeah. How is Biden playing off 12 and he's 78? I'm off 18. <laughs> that is impossible. He must be so good. Had a bit that's of time it. over Trump the being years. off 11 is good enough, isn't it? When you start, 11, that's okay. When you go and play, I haven't played golf for a long time, but I used to just go and play golf, uh, and you'd see a couple of old boys in their sort of 70s, and they'd say, there's only two of us, fellas, can we play through? And you think, oh, yeah, they're going to be, you know. But then they they'd often, all timing, hit the ball really clean, hit it far. 150. Straight not, down, not putting a lot into yeah. the ball. You think, blimey, that's what it's all about. That's what comes. It's like it was like metronomic with these old boys. But anyway, yeah, it's a cracking read, uh, Rick's book. It's uh, some of the stories in it are absolutely shameful, but uh, that probably won't come as a massive surprise. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Paul Hawksby, Max Rushton here on Talk Sport. We're going to come back to golf a little bit later on, but the Ryder Cup and uh, some, uh, they're going to start qualifying again uh, this week. It's the single best sporting event, I believe, bar none. You, it really is your favourite of, of just all. That, there's just something about it, about these players that never play together and then brought together. Yeah. And just those those days of the singles where it all turns, the screen goes blue. I am. Uh, Absolutely love it. And it is, it is interesting this time because there's some younger players on the tour. The year has been good for them and another year of experience, if you like. I'm not, not tournament experience, but getting older, et cetera, et cetera, may be good for them. Some of those older players, Podrick Harrington saying that uh, the tournament could have passed them um, by. Right. And there's a what, few no big Polter, names. No Westwood, all well, those kind of like. I think we were quite getting into that because oh, okay. I think Polter would always, you'd be mad not to give him a, a wild probably, card, wouldn't you? Probably. We'll talk to Rupert about this uh, later on, but some pretty familiar names will really have to fight for their place. But before that, um, I did not know that uh, we had uh, top uh, tempin bowlers from this country making a living in the States. Britain's only female pro tempin bowler uh, was uh, playing in the uh, Professional Women's Bowling Association League over in the States. But she's back here now, uh, and it is because of the virus. Uh, her name is uh, Verity Crawley. She joins us now. Verity, good afternoon. Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we're, I mean, I, I said I didn't know that there was a, it, it was something you could make a living at uh, overseas. But um, I mean, are there quite a lot of men out there playing as well? There's not too many. Um, there's a couple that actually live in the UK and they just travel all around the world. And then there's another English guy that's actually got married in the US and he competes full time over there too. So it's definitely not huge in the UK. I grew up bowling in England, so it's kind of how I started. But the main reason I moved to the US was because bowling is much bigger over there. And you went over to do the, if, if Wikipedia is correct, and not always correct, I was once going out with Louis Walsh for a few weeks on Wikipedia, but uh, <laughs> to go, you went Make to Like a lovely couple. Yeah, and I was a member of the BNP at the same time. Oh, well. Anyway, uh, uh, more importantly, Verity, you went to do the Weber International Bowling Programme at the Weber International University. So this was sort of a bowling degree. Yeah, so Wikipedia is correct. Wow. And it is a university, just like, you know, a university here. However, in the U.S., they have what's called collegiate bowling. So each university has their own bowling team and you compete around the U.S. 
um, for your university. You travel and compete against other bowling teams. So I was lucky enough to get a scholarship um, to move to the US and compete there for four years and get a degree at the same time. My degree wasn't in bowling. Right, okay. My degree was yeah. My degree was in sports business management. And then the bowling side was separate. Wow. Is it? Is it? A, a, I mean, God, tell us how much you earn, of course. But is it a, a lucrative business? Is it? Is it a good living on the on the pro bowling circuit? It's definitely not as good as being a professional in any other sport. Let's put it that way. Mm. Um, it's definitely up and coming, and I would say that there is a lot more money money in the men's tour than there is for the women. Um, the women can actually compete in the men's events as well. So it's definitely to definitely doable to make a living but it's not as huge as let's say a golfer but you are now back here aren't you yes so what's happened my visa was declined so i had to leave the u.s because of that i had applied for a new visa the same one i had for the previous three years applied for a new one and they denied it so literally the denial letter told me i had to depart the u.s immediately Wow, is this related to the virus? Is there a feeling that you know? Is it, it's a kind of it's a sort of an athlete's visa, isn't it? Yes, it is an athlete visa. It's really hard to say why exactly it was denied. You know, is it because of everything that's happened in 2020? Is it politics? That's not the reasoning the government gave me when they gave me my denial letter. It was more based around the fact that I didn't submit enough evidence to them to prove the criteria of the visa. However. Speaking with a lot of different people, it definitely seems like the current world situation hasn't really helped. Um, for one, it's people shouldn't really be traveling right now. There's mm. a travel ban in place and there's been visa bans put in place too. So it seems like it's just a combination of a lot of things, really. I like to think that I was definitely qualified for the visa since I had previously had it. But again, I guess that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, presumably, you don't have a bowling alley... I mean, you've been in the States for a long time now, but wherever you're living at the moment, a, a very long hallway. I mean, you need one to train, right? Yeah, exactly. That's probably the hardest part about coming home is obviously the UK is on lockdown and I'm unable to train. There's only so much I can do with some cushions um, in my living room. And I'm, I'm, you know, trying to still train as much as I can, but it's just not the same as throwing a bowling ball down the lane. I'm trying to imagine how you're training with cushions in the living room. How, what are you doing, Verity? Oh, you're going to have to check out my Instagram and then ah, you can find out. Right. Okay, we will. We're going because I'm intrigued enough to find out how you, you replace a, a temp in bowling alley yeah. with some cushions in your living room. But, everybody's having to yeah. do, we've seen with the, the the tennis players, everybody's having to improvise, aren't sure. they? I mean, presumably, you know, you have to do other fitness, right? Temp in bowling. I, I imagine the bowling is a key part of it, but you've got to do some sort of strength training if you're bowling all the time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's endurance is huge. Um, leg and core strength is definitely very important for bowling. So obviously now I have a lot more time to focus on that. So that's still going to help me develop my game and I can still work on the mental side of the sport. Um, I just can't necessarily go to the bowling centre and practice right now. And, and for, for complete, I mean, I'm not a novice. I've been bowling, but, yeah. you know, short of just knocking over all the pins, you know, tactically, like, what are the tactics, Verity? <laughs> well, it is a, it's a lot more complicated than anyone thinks. Hmm. Um, and I think the reason for that is you can't really see your playing environment. So if you think about golf, you can see all of the hills, right? You can see the grass, you can see the lake. Whereas in bowling, you, you think you see a flat lane, but in reality, the lane's not really flat. 
And on top of that, there's oil that's put on top of the lane. And that is going to change how your bowling ball reacts. And that oil can be put in different parts of the lane. So we have what's called lane patterns. And they are, they're made to um, change your playing environment and to make it harder. So every ball is going to do something different. Bowling balls are different. Um, they're made differently to do different things. So there's that whole aspect that comes into it. And then it's kind of figuring out, okay, what does this bowling ball do on certain lane conditions? Um, you have different bowling centers are going to react differently. If I put the same lane condition down in one bowling center, it's not going to play the same in the other bowling center. It's like cricket, isn't it? It's like it's like different wickets, different balls. Yeah, I thought they were all, mm -hmm. they're not all flat. I thought that was the flattest thing. You know, if someone wants to tell me, put a gun to my head and just, what's, what's the, the flattest thing the in the world? What's the flattest thing? <laughs> exactly. Like 717. <laughs> Accidental yeah. partridge. But yeah. They're not. They're meant to be flat, are they? I mean, well, they. So when they're first installed, they'll be flat. But if you think about, let's say, over a period of two to ten years, yeah. bowling balls are constantly thrown down that lane, and obviously, the majority of bowling balls are decently heavy. Even if you're throwing eight pounds into a lane, it's going to take, you know, take a toll on that sure. surface. Yeah. So that actually changes um, the surface a little bit. It causes it to you know dip a little bit and again you can't see it so that's what makes it so tricky um the surface also dictates what your bowling ball does depending on how old the surface is so if you've just got a new install in a bowling center those lanes are going to be completely different than if the lanes have been there for 30 40 plus years good stuff well we hope you can get back to the states and continue career good to talk to you verity thanks very much Thank you, I appreciate it. <clears throat> Thank you. Have a good day. Verity Crawley there, uh, professional bowler, well, well, the only woman bowler uh, in the American Pro Leagues, but sadly oh, wow, back fascinating. here. Yeah, well, who knew? Harry who knew? says, Harry says, a mate of mine once went on a first date with a girl. They went bowling. He thought he was pretty good and would impress. She turned up with her own ball, shoes and gloves. She was a European silver medalist. He didn't impress. <laughs> <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talk Sport. Well, there we are. That was this afternoon's show. Uh, I'm not here tomorrow, nor is Andy. So it's Max and Charlie are going to get like it's not going to be Saturday morning. It'd be a bit weird if you just come off a night shift and you wake up and think, blimey, have I been asleep for three days? But no, it is Max and Charlie tomorrow. We'll play it like that. Yeah, we'll just, just do the we'll like do it. the game day music. We'll say it's yeah. Saturday morning. Here's the kickoff. We'll do the whole show. Past nine on a Saturday. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. Okay, um, so uh, Max and I are back on Thursday. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between one and four p.m. on Talk Sport. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.